Hello everyone, welcome to the Desolation Sounds podcast. My name is Stephen Hook and this is a podcast celebrating everything to do within the world of alternative music, be that rock, punk, metal or even extreme metal. Coming out on this week's show, we've got all the latest news from Milk Teeth, Mallory Knox and Every Time I Die, as well as new music and new albums, all from the likes of Don Broker, Fall Out Boy, Weezer, Green Day, Cal Decapitation and Tiny Moving Parts. There's so much, there's just, just a dang old bunch. Uh, and album reviews come from the likes of Sleep Talk, Minor Love, and that fucking Tool album is here as well. But, as ever, we will start with the news. Um, every Time I Die, are in the studio. That's exciting, isn't it? Uh, starting on album number nine, the only thing that's out at the moment is just a picture of them in the studio that came out on Twitter that said something along the lines of beginning work on album number nine. Uh, they're lovely and vague, lovely and vague. Um, as someone who's recently gone in on their latest album, was it Hot Damn, whatever it is, um, I'm more looking forward to, this, forward to this than I previously was. Um, but yeah, I'm sure with Every Time I Die, it will be jolly good stuff. Hopefully it won't be as like heart-crushing as the previous album, but who knows. Uh Slightly sadder news, Mallory Knox have announced they're going to split up after 10 years. Um, they're going to do one last, oh fuck, one last UK tour, and they're going to fade off into the distance. Uh, I feel like Mallory Knox is one of the better bands from that really, really, really awful phase of like the turn of the decade alt-rock boy bands. So you, you knew me at sixes, your kids in glass houses, blitz kids, young guns. And the only ones out of them I really, really enjoyed were blitz kids. Not that. I enjoyed the, the like EPs of blitz kids. And then when I realized that when the album started coming out and I found out more about them as people started to get very much away from blitz kids. Um, young guns was all right. That first album was pretty good. And then just drips and drabs from the second one and then it become very very pop with Mallory Knox Signals was quite good I always felt Lee Singh had quite a good voice it wasn't quite as twee and as sickly sweet as the others but there we go Mallory Knox called it a day who knows what they'll do next I, I feel like they also got like the worst run I feel like everyone else had quite a big hype behind them Mallory Knox sort of like died off quite dramatically after Signals I think they were just a little bit too crunchy for that way, but I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Um, and again, even more sad news again, because it's an actual band that I very much enjoy. Ollie Holbrook has announced that he is to leave uh, Milk Teeth. Uh, it is all very amicable. He is left to, produ to produce, to pursue a new career. Uh, the trials and tribulations of being in a band as being reported by new and upcoming bands is not an easy one and he's decided to a very brave step to uh, walk away from it all and to pursue a new career so best of luck to him it, I think it will be it's not often you can say the drummer will be a key noticeable difference in a band um, he really invested himself into those live shows just as much as he could watching him I've seen Milk Teeth a couple of times. Just watching him, the faces he pulls, the energy he has is just unreal. And then watching him in like little videos and little lives that Milk Teeth do, he seemed like a really, really fun dude as well. So 
best of luck to him. Like I say, he is a very, he's apparently a very lovely man. He's being replaced by Jack Kenny of Nervous. Um, which I'm all for. Like I feel like I've like the way I proceeded that I've got bad things to say about Jack Kenny. I don't like. I really like that the everything is, is it everything is fine. Um, album by Nervous. No, that's not someone else. That last album by Nervous that had the pink cover. I'm not very good with names. You know this. Um, but as a whole, Moti has been getting like a weirdly bad rep at the moment. Um, because they've decided to outwardly talk about politics, which, you know, I'll be the first to admit, like, I don't usually like politics that much, but this is a very punk rock thing. Punk rock bands talk about politics. Dead Kennedy's most famous song is Nazi punks fuck off. Um, and there was one comment that I saw in response to this is why don't they just call it the Becky Blomfield experience? The same reason they don't call Cradle of Danny Filth experience or fucking the Axl Rose journey, you fucking twat burglar. Leave them the fuck alone. Um, I think, I know Milk have got a new tour coming up. It's going to hit Lincoln and I'm going to try my best to get on that because very, very excited. And yeah, just again, best of luck to Ollie. And... I think that about covers. I keep saying and as if I've got something else to say. I just don't. I just very very precious of, of my milk teeth. Uh, on to new music then. There's a fair old bunch. Even some that I didn't really know. Uh, we'll start with Don Broker. They've got a new song out called Action. Um, it features Caleb Shoma from Bilt Bilt Teeth, Bear Tooth, uh, Tyler Carter from Issues, Taka Moriuchi. I hope I got that right from One OK Rock and Tillian Pearson from Dance Gavin Dance. It covers possibly every musical genre ever made. It is a mad cacophony of sound. Um, but I think it does quite well to... Like, all the people who are featured in the, in the song, I think it does a really good job of getting their own little vocal ticks in and, like, what they're known for. So you've got, like, Caleb Screams, you've got Tyler's, like, R&B vocalising thing. I really wasn't keen on it at first. A um, couple more listens, and I'm just like, it slowly grew on me. Excuse me, I'm doing that thing where I die a bit again. But yeah, I don't know if there's an album. There's no album news. I think it just might might just be a standalone single of them having fun. I think it'd be a good way because let's face it, of all those bands, Don Broco are the most mainstream, popular, or mainstream accessible. So. Getting new eyes onto those other bands would be really, really good. I know for a fact I've um, checked out Dance Given Dance as a result of Tillian's um, feature. So, yeah, it's a fun song. Go check it out. It's called Action by Don Broco. Um, and in amongst all the news and in amongst all the new music and like a weird middle point, there is the Hella Mega Tour, which features Green Day, Weezer, and Fallout Boy. Um, it's going to hitting I think it's a worldwide one um some point next year I think it's June next year it starts May June that sort of time I know it's in England or UK that sort of time because I tried to buy I tried to look at what ticket prices were like I couldn't load up the web page on my phone the only thing I found on Twitter was that it's very very expensive so I probably won't be going to that either way all three bands have released a new song and have got some kind of album on the way to go alongside the Hella Mega Tour. We'll start with Fall Out Boy. Their song is called Dear Future Self Hands Up. Um, 
it features Wyclef Jean and Wyclef Jean? Wyclef Jean? We'll go with Wyclef Jean. It's not a bad song. It's actually quite catchy. Up until Wyclef Jean starts rapping or singing or whatever he does on it. And then it becomes a very, very mediocre song because I don't think I like Wyclef Jean that much. It's just fucking news alert, but it's a lot more upbeat. It's a lot more organic. It's got more actual instruments in. It feels like something from, say, rock and roll era thing or era song, I should say. Um, and their announcement is the only one that's not quite a full album. It is, um, they, they've announced a new Greatest Hits album, basically. It's called Greatest Hits Believers Never Die, Volume 2, after Volume 1. That was released 10 years ago. I think it's coming out by the end of, I think it's end of November. Um, and yeah, hopefully if post-mania Fallout Boy sounds like this, it won't quite be the same as Infinite on a High off from Under the Cork, oh, cork Tree. Blah. But I quite like, say, rock and roll, so hopefully it's more like that. And it won't be like American Beauty, Moken Psycho, or Mania, because they're all shit. All that fucking EP they did. They had like a full punk rock EP, and I was so excited for it. It's like the PAX Am session, something like that. Fucking awful. Oh, my God. Um, on to, we'll go with Green Day next. Uh, their album is going to be called Father of All Motherfuckers. Pleasant. Um, the lead singer was called Father of All Motherfuckers as well. It's, you know, we've got that current wave at the moment of, it's not quite stoner rock, but it's not quite full indie rock. Like Band of Skulls sort of thing, or what, um, I was going to say Wolf Mother, but they're a bit more heavy than that. But, you know what I mean? It's sort of things where the cool Ice Gem haircut kids, they don't listen to in anymore because it's for hipsters yet they listen to this all the time because they they just love guitar music um i thought it kind of sounded like discount modern queens of the stone age it's it's just odd he's got like a, a quite a high-pitched vocal on the verses and then it's a little bit more very modern green day in the chorus i'm still not sure if i like it or not and i love green day um it does break my tiny little heart to hear in the announcement that came with the Hello Mega Tour and then eventually the album. Uh, Billy Joe wrote this like multi-tweet escapade and A, he sounds completely off his nut. B, he's joining the crowd where it says um, rock has lost its bite or something like that. And that hurts me. That hurts me deep in my soul. He's going that way. He's, I can't wait for it to say, like, Rock is dead because I'll probably have a cry in the corner. Um, their album, Father of All Motherfuckers. Fuck. Father of All Motherfuckers. Um, that's coming out the 7th of February next year. So we got a wee old while. And then the last of the three, we've got Weezer with their album, Van Weezer. It just, The album cover looks exactly like you expect it to be for a album cover album name called Van Weezer. That's coming out the 15th of May next year, again, even longer. Um, and their song is called The End of the Game. And it's back to the Uber Power Pop version of Weezer with like really crunchy guitar tone. It immediately shits on anything the Teal album or the Black album did. I really, really like End of the Game. Um and out of those three bands, Weezer is typically the one I would like avoid the most. I just 
I just prefer the other two. Or used to prefer the other two. Now, I don't know what's real. Um, yeah, I I feel like everyone's quite aware of Weezer now. Um, it's not... I thought uh, the White Album was quite... It's a little bit more spacey, a little bit more dreamy. This goes back to that sort of 2000s. It's borderline. It's not out-and-out out power pop. But for some reason, it's not quite punk rock at the same time. But it's also still not pop punk or pop rock or anything like that. It's a really fun song. It's called End of the Game. It's going to be part of the Van Weezer album that's coming out 15th of May next year. Go listen to it. Go have some fun. Now for something completely different. Cattle Decapitation. Oh, what a band. Their new album, Death Atlas. I did not comment on it when it first got announced. I don't think. I can't remember that much. Um, the album's coming out the 29th of November this year. Very excited. But they have a new so new single out. It's called One Day Closer to the End of the World. Oh, it's good. It's a good time. It's a good time if you like being punched in the head a lot. Um, it feels more death metally than the Anthropocene era. Uh, the Anthropocene extension, sorry. Um, it still has those distorted, like, cleans. I want to put mega finger quotations on the queen cleans phrase because i don't quite know how to describe them apart from it sounds like a new wave of british heavy metal singer getting waterboarded um the double kicks on the bridge on the uh bridge when they double in speed oh, it's a hell of a power play it sounds so good and it really gets you amped up i'm very excited by all this i loved um anthropocene extinction i love the album that came before it which i can't remember what it's called so Extinction of Humanity? Doesn't sound right. Age of Humanity? Something like that. Um, very, 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 very looking forward to this. The song is called One Day Closer to the End of the World. If you like very aggressive music, it is the band for you to check out. And last one is one that I completely did not know anything about. I don't know how I've managed to avoid it for so long. Tiny Moving Parts have a new album coming out. They are, if you're unaware, they are a... How do you describe it? Like, twinkly emo crossed with post-hardcore. Um, a bit shouty and a bit more aggressive than standard emo, but the guitar work on it is fucking unreal. Um, the album's going to be called Breathe, and it's out tomorrow as I record this. I found out about it yesterday. Already pre-ordered it, and it already said it's on its way. I'm very, 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 very excited for the end. I'm very, very excited about a lot of things this week, as it turns out. Oh, fuck. Hitting my things now. Um, there's three songs out at the moment. You've got Medicine, which is a bit more pop-punk than I really know Tiny Moving Parts for. Vertebrae is more of an upbeat ballad kind of thing. And then Bloody Nose, which is the first song I had, and it's my favourite out of the three. It is the most traditional Tiny Moving Parts out of the three. It's, the sound, just overall in all three songs, just sounds bigger. The uh, previous album, Swell, f sounded very... What's the best way to describe it? It, it just sounded very independent. I think that's like something to do with the production job or whatever, but it just sounds very independent. This sounds like it's got a lot more power behind it and a lot more effort behind it. Not from the band because they're brilliant, but way more production sort of wise. Um, and it's really nice to get out albums out soon. Swell only came out last year, you know, and I'm a bit annoyed that I completely ignored or just did not notice the fact they're having a new album out. So it's called Breathe. It's by Tiny Moving Part. It's going to be coming out tomorrow as I say this. Do go find them because Tiny Moving Parts are bloody brilliant. I don't know why I sounded Welsh then. Right then, we'll get on to... Blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, we'll get on to album reviews then. We're going to start with Sleep Talk and their debut album, Everything in Colour. Sleep Talk hail from that fountain of talent and excitement there in Australia. They come from Adelaide. And it's kind of hard to put a finger on their sound. They were initially explained to me as a kind of like post-hardcore type deal. I did a quick skim of the album to find out whether or not I did want to listen to it. And it kind of made me think maybe easycore sort of stuff. And then the more I've listened to the album as a whole, if you have, if you replace the pop punk in easycore with a being as an ocean style melodic hardcore, I think that's kind of the sleep talk sound. You know, it's very, very dramatic and emotional, but it's also still very upbeat and quite in your face at times. Um, I also think it's got a touch of like goth rock or indie rock in there as well. You know, you've got the so um, a song called The Sun, which is it's quite upbeat, melancholia, like a vibe about it. For the first half of the song before it shifts into that like dark post-hardcore I was talking about a minute ago. It's it's quite different, I think, to the rest of the song. I know they've got a, another like slow, badly sort of thing. I think it was Shadow. Um... But yeah, this isn't this isn't ballad territory, and it also isn't like the usual sound. And yeah, just the way the guitars verbed and just echoed and that sort of thing. But it made me think like eighties gothic rock sort of stuff. Um, and it, as a whole, it's a fairly liberal mix of those different sounds in the sleep talk spectrum. They jump between those opposite ends of hardcore on the fly and make use of the three vocals they've got. They've got Jacob Clement, who is the harsh vocalist and does a great job. And they've got guitarist Louis Tito and bassist Josh Henley. Healy, sorry. They sort of trade, cleans quite well. And if one of the times it's kind of hard to differentiate between the two cleans, but it does make, when they do, like, especially when they overlap, it does make the vocal line sound a lot bigger. And I do like um, multi layered vocals, especially like multi-layered cleans on the back of something a bit more screamy um and like i said i really enjoyed jacob as a vocalist on his own he's got a lot of emotion in his voice and it's a type of scream where you wonder if he is actually under duress and is in a lot of pain um it's got kind of echoes of joel from being as an ocean as mentioned earlier or bart from birds in row and that kind of vocal style does meld really well with the lyrics um, there is a fair share of like super broody hardcore literature in the lyrics. Uh, if I die at 27, I hope the white light is not too far away. Uh, dark thoughts in the night screaming kill, kill, kill. Well, just two kills, just the two kills. And can you teach me how to love myself? Can you teach me how to be? Nothing more than a permanent stain on your memory. Do, 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 do. Poetry. Um, yeah, it's really good lyrically. And like I said, with those three combining, I think it does... It's executed really well with those tri-vocal attack, I've called it, because I'm apparently living in Pokemon. Uh, Loritzen, I think that's how it's called, track one. Loritzen? Yeah. I don't know how else I would, I would pronounce it, but I feel like it just doesn't feel right on my tongue. Loritzen, Kill, and If I Die operate more on that like emo hardcore uh, level. There's enough echo and delay to give it that broader sound, but just not enough to say like post-rock comparisons. Um, the title track, Allergic to the World and New Tradition, probably closer to a more defined, excuse me, uh, metalcore sound. They're still like the drips and drabs of the 
melodic hardcore in there, but I feel like if you had to just use one genre name, because I don't usually like doing that, um, it would be more than that, like, ow and how in-your-face metalcore sort of thing. My friend at work recommended me this, so you can thank a guy called Tom. Um, he collects vinyl, so you know he's doing his bit for the music industry. Um, he discovered to me as something a little bit different, and I would 100% say he's right. It is too streamlined and too, like, in-your-face, like I said, to be like a touche amore, emotional hardcore you know, sympathizer. Um, but I think there's too much going on in terms of a broad sound to be considered a like a metalcore band just with a sad, fancy hat. Um, I must admit, though, I found it just a little samey. Just a... Like, um, there was a couple of songs that really stood out to me, so... Um, the title track, Everything in Colour, really popped at me. If I Die as well, really, really stood out to me. I think... I end up, If it was a four-track EP of Luritzen, Everything in Colour, If I Die and Kill, that would be a really good release, which kind of... I think that's more of an insult than it is a compliment, but I'm not... Again, I'm not very good at this. Um... But even at its most varied, you have a really powerful song like If I Die, or that like dark ballad saw song that said with Shadow. It all sort of just melds into each other. It's not... Because they've got that core sound, they don't really deviate too much out of that core sound. Even when they... How can I describe it? When they do something like The Sun, or would it have The Shadow, it still feels like they've got the same effects on the guitar. So it all sounds quite on one level you know other bands they like play around with tuning and how they use their guitar and that sort of thing it just all sounds like you just came in plugged it in played something really interesting but just constantly at that one level i don't know i know what i'm trying to say in my head but i don't think it's coming out as well as i want it to um i'm still a big fan of jacob's vocals i do think he's a it really really is a fun vocalist um i don't know why i said fun um, and there are, like I said, those four songs that really, really slay. They are, like, If I Die is really, really impactful when you're just, like, listen to it quite casually and then you've got a big thunderous beat with the screams of If I Die um, at 27, which, two years away, I can start singing that song, unironically. It's like 22 by Taylor Swift. So when it does extend into that more melodic hardcore and does get um like a bit more dramatic it is a lot it is a lot better in my opinion as opposed to like the more out and out metalcore stuff and even when they go like really blue broody on the goth rock stuff um but just as a rounded piece it felt very okay it's not as much as say like i dislike this album it's just the bits that stood out really stood out but everything else just caught sort of melted together you know um but if you like that kind of world, I think this will be enough in that kind of like hardcore, um, like dark hardcore, dark metalcore sort of thing. To like, if you're into that sort of thing, give it a listen because I do think it expands so much out of those different places. It is worth a listen to. But you know, you don't learn these things without giving it a try. I could have just said no, it's not for me, and fucked off. But it's called Everything in Color. It is the debut album from the. Whatever core, oh fuck, whatever core band from Adelaide in Australia. If I mean, that's that's a good work I can do. If you like Australian metalcore, because there's fucking loads of it. I don't know what's happening down there, but if you like Australian hardcore, give this a go because it's it 
does does that and more. You know? I don't know. Fuck you. On to then. Actually, no, I'm going to have a swig of tea first. There we go. That's much better. On to then. Trying to Google this was... I, it was kind of weird. Because the band is called Minor Love. And the album is called Good But Not Great. So typing in Minor Love, Good But Not Great. Might not look great on your uh, search history. But... Once you finally find the album, you're going to have a great time, and we'll get to that. It's the second album from the Dayton, Ohio-based Twinkly Emo band. Um, if <laughs> I've just described the sound of Tiny Moving Parts. If you are already familiar with Tiny Moving Parts, imagine that, but if they cried more, and you'll end up with Minor Love. Um, this was exceptionally good fun. I, like, popped at this almost immediately. Um... The Widley guitars in the album just don't feel overblown at all. You know, they're not the constant center of, center of attention. Which, you know, you're going to have bands who, I can play really cool stuff on the guitar. This is all I can do. Like, there's a, there's a song to go there as well, lads. Come on. Um, some of the like vocal hooks in the album are just so smooth. As smooth as butter. And like that really good shit too, like Lurpak. Fucking amazing. In the opening track, Food Party, um, you've got You Can Find Me Where the Sun Meets the Sea and the Frisher Friendly in the Ocean. I think, because the album is really, really in, um, in underground, really independent. I couldn't find the official lyrics anywhere. And I searched for a really long time, so I had to try and figure it out for myself. And I'm apparently not very good at this. Um... But even so, just the way... Um, what's his name? I wrote it down somewhere. Joey Collar. His execution and the vocals are fucking on point. They're so good. It feels very poetic. And I think he's just got a really good accent for it. Which is probably really annoying for other vocalists. Because they go for years of like vocal training or like trying to get it right. And then you just get a guy like this who's just got a fun... Um, accent and then just nails it straight away so you just you just can't teach that you can teach learn how to sing but to have a fun accent that's just genetics mate um you got more of that like fun poetic delivery as well in when i want um my knees give out my hands get sweaty makes me think that i'm not quite ready that's just really fun to have bopping in your head all day because it will get bopping in your head all day um musically I'm really quite interested in the guitar tone of um, Corey Penkal. hope that's how you pronounce his name. Um, in, yeah, in the nicest way possible, it sounds very basic, the guitar tone. Like, if you've ever, anyone who's ever tried to learn how to play guitar, you've got that really basic first setup where you just plug in your guitar, plug in the amp, and just, you know, it's not quite bluesy, but it's not quite what you want it to sound like if you want to be a punk rock guy or a heavy metal guy or whatever. It sounds very like that, but the way he plays it and the way and what he does with that tone, it does give it its own identity and does carry a lot of the songs. And weirdly, of all places to go to when, think, when listening to a twinkly emo band from Dayton, Ohio, I got weird FIFA vibes. You know how FIFA always has like loads of indie rock vibes, especially in the olden days. Like I first noticed it on a song called Life as a Teenage Robot. Uh, by the way, some of the names on this album are fucking great. Um, 
On Life as a Teenage Robot, the bridge that comes after the chorus sent me back to like FIFA 04 on the PS2. Like the stomp of the drums followed by that little guitar lick. Just, it was weird. It was weird. I don't like remembering my youth because it's not always full of good memories. Um, we're going to Makeover. Makeover is another really, really good song. A little bit more straightforward than the other songs on the album. And has a lot more of the kind of like older Minor Love sound as well. And by that I mean they use a bit more harsh vocals. And I'll get touch on the harsh vocals a little bit more in a bit. And from Makeover you go into My Chemical Bromance. You, you got My Chemical Bromance. You got We Need a Disney Princess That Drinks Bong Water. My Life as a Robot. That's a Teenage Robot. Finna Give You a Noogie. Um, virus Free MP3 to EXE. Some of these fucking lot of song names are brilliant. Um, my Chemical Bromance, um, it's a super straightforward, it's a super emotional and super dramatic song, kind of have a little whiff of loud dispute about it, um, it's where it's like poetry backed by a little bit of music in the background before eventually exploding into that like theatrical finale of the summation of the band sound, um, and part of that finale, excuse me, I'm doing that thing again. Um, part of that finale uses um, harsh vocals, which, as a whole, they're fairly scarce on the album, no, across the board. The debut album, which I did not write down because I'm a twit, um, ha- makes much more liberal use of harsh vocals. And in releases since, I did have like a quick skim over the Mind Love discography. In releases since, and a couple of EPs they've done, a couple of singles... The amount they use harsh vocals does decrease, and the like noodly guitar does increase. At this point, I'd honestly say scrap the harsh vocal completely. I think uh, Joey has enough of a good vocal that he can probably carry the songs by himself vocally, um, and like Corey's guitar playing does also fill in those gaps of what would be like a more like any other time would be like an aggressive scream or something like that i think he could do he's a good enough guitarist he can do something to fill that gap um when they are used on good but not great i wouldn't say they were wholly out of place but like with joe with corley corey and just like the general layered vocals that they use for just like as backing vocals i think that could easily replace any of the harsh vocals and just have have it as an out and out emo record with just like no screamo and no hardcore mix in there that's just me though i thought like my favorite parts of the album weren't the parts where they were screaming or using any sort of harsh vocal um it is a joyous blink and you'll miss a kind of eclectic emo um i think it only goes on for about half hour 20 minutes and the label it's on as well. It's on a label called Acrobat Unstable. And it's becoming a really, really interesting label to keep an eye on. Um, the When I Say Jump album and the Problematic EP from earlier this year were both on Acrobat Unstable. They had an album or like a compilation a couple of years ago, I think, that I listened to. And I really, really enjoyed some songs in that. So... If you like really, really different and really, really out there, but also quite underground, emo and hardcore, check out Acrobat and Stable because I think they are they are a little, little like nest egg of really good, 
good music to find. And part of that good music is Minor Love. The album's called Good But Not Great. If you like really emotional, but really, really twinkly music, do give it a go. It's been a fucking blast to listen to that. Very, very good stuff indeed. Right then, on to the last album of this week. And an album that literally, literally has made me quite cross to try and talk about. It is the fifth album from that there tool. It's called Fear Inoculum. I'm sure you would have heard of it by now. They are based in LA. Um, very arty, progressive metal kind of thing. It's been 13 years since we had a Tool album. It's felt fucking longer because all these fucking Tool heads just keep going on and on about a new Tool album. Hashtag Tool memes. Um, I've never really... Well, I, surprise. I've never gone in on Tool aside from a couple of songs here and there. Um, I think the title track from Anima and a song called H, which is from a is it Opia EP, both really really good songs. And I do feel like if I gave Tool, like especially old school Tool, the time to listen to it back when they were a bit more heavier, I think I'd really come to like Tool. And I don't straight away. I want to say I don't dislike Fear and Oculum. It's going to sound like I'm very negative. I don't dislike it at all. The response to Fear Inoculum has largely been, if you like it, then everyone's like, of course you'd like it. It's Tool. No one's ever allowed to say anything bad about Tool. If you happen to dislike or you've got things that you prefer than what is there, it's, well, aren't you a fucking cool boy? Now aren't you fucking hipster for liking something or disliking something that everyone else loves? Attitudes like that are what make people dislike rock music. And it's what makes people dislike music fans altogether. It's just rampant elitism and I, i'm on a um facebook group that talks about music a lot and if someone says they don't like tall album they get a lot of shit for it even the people who are behind the group because it's uh, based around the podcast they will say like oh we can't have anything nice can we and then as soon as someone says hey the album's really really good you get a few people who are really good and say like right i mean everyone you, it's just fucking great ain't it and then you get people like, well, fucking, of course you're going to say that. It's tall. Can we talk about something else now? It's just fucking... They have become a very difficult band to talk about because you've just got... Like the... It's just very... You know you can find... like The prog fans in general are more... Are the more insufferable of all music fans. But I think the final level of progressive music fans is Tool, or Tool fans. Um, but trying to listen to it without all that going on as well has been difficult because there's parts I want to say I don't like it. There's parts I want to say I do like it, but I don't know if it's just what I've been told to like or told to dislike or whatever. So I'm going to give it a go. Um, straight away, it is a very complicated mass of sound. Not to the point where I'll call it convoluted or self-obsessed. Every single note and every single beat and every single transition feels like it's cherry-picked to be there and to be there with a purpose. Um, it is just the, the thought process and the intelligence behind how the songs are structured, I think, has all been very, very... I was going to say driven, but that's not the right word. And I can't think of a better word other than purpose, which I'm pretty sure I've said three times already. But it's just very, very on purpose. It's very, very... 
I don't know why I tried it again because I still can't think of a word that's not purpose. Something that I found um, quite exceptional given how much of the talk behind Tool tends to go towards the singer Maynard or because it's a prog, rock, uh, prog album and Tool are a prog band, a lot of talk inevitably goes to the guitarist, in this case Adam Jones. I was most entranced by Daddy Carey's drum playing. Just focusing on him and his little rolls and his fills here and there. Um, that's the part where I start seeing the bigger picture of Tool. And like the bigger picture of creativity of Tool. Um, the I think it's... I think it's Chocolate Chip Trip where it is a full... Uh, drum solo and just I know drum solo is always going to be really really like interesting and fascinating to watch anyways but this is just a whole new level it is like Carrie for me has been my favourite part of the album because just listen to him and how he can connect everything together as a rhythm section is just unreal um, the as for the music itself and the actual songs themselves the opening title track um it acted as the lead single for the album. And at first, I did not like it. I just... The reputation that got built up from Tool and from fans, um, that imposing figure of Tool that I was expecting, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't as impactful as I thought it was going to be. But you give the song... In fact, you give the whole album volume, you give the whole album headphones or just a dick decent speaker system the song fear in auckland turns into fucking great song the chorus is very powerful and i think maynard sounds bloody brilliant on it um i think it's structured really well and it flows quite freely but yet quite smoothly so you're not just getting lost in everything that's going on of which there's so much so much going on um as for the rest of the album i think this is my first Tool album. And I've seen a lot of people say, like, it's this isn't the album to win over new fans. It's not going to be the album to, like, ease people into it. It's going to be Tool being Tool at their most Tool-like. And I believe that. It's been, it's been difficult to listen to Tool. And I got the digital version, which is nearly an hour and a half long. It's got four ambient interludes. Um... Which my puny little brain just doesn't handle ambient all that well. And like from a technical standpoint, it's fucking outrageous. It is endgame like in terms of a cinematic piece of entertainment art. Um, I really enjoyed the little alien like bass crawl in um, Invincible that leads to like the drumming grooves from Carrie again. Um, again, I just fucking loved Car Drew, um, Drew Carey. No, Danny Carey on this album. And Tempest goes fucking hard. I, I must say, I really, really enjoyed Tempest as a song. Um, where everything else is very eclectic and very thought-provoking, I feel like Tempest is a song where, collectively, Troll went, we've had 13 years of people asking us when the next album's going to come along. Let's just let's get all those frustrations out, all those fucking diatribes of when it's happening, when it's happening, when it's happening. Just 13 years of that. Let's just get out of our systems. And I think that's what turned into Tempest. 
Um, and around the 11 minute mark, which is a weird thing to say because songs should not go for 11 minutes, but around the 11 minute mark, there's a solo around there which goes almost thrash metal in its pace with just enough tool madness and it's shredding to remind you just for you listening to it. It's just really um, almost sounds like like a strings breaking during the solo, and it does sound fucking excellent. Um, and to reiterate a point, I don't dislike Fear and Oculum. I'd even maybe go as far as to say I quite enjoyed it. To take it all in is very difficult. And I know people have been going on about people who say that and saying, oh, it's just current generation just hasn't got the right attention span, which, you know, I'd argue because I can't remember half the sh- album's names I cover. Um, imagine the fight scene from Endgame lasting a full hour and a half. Or imagine, if you're a wrestling fan, imagine the exciting parts, the most exciting, like the last half of uh, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, or The Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 17, or Taker versus Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Imagine the most exciting parts of that lasting for a full hour and a half. Or, like, British fans, I the only bit of cricket I've ever watched is the Super Over from this year's World Cup between New Zealand and England. That half an hour of cricket that I watched put my heart in my throat the entire time. Imagine that for half an hour, for an hour and a half. Sorry, it is. It is such a struggle to maintain that level of adrenaline and that level of tension for that long. Just focusing on that. It's just you're gonna burn out, and as I said, like the top of the review, I feel like I'm in a knocked loose style trap where, again, I want to enjoy it because everyone says how good this band is and how good this album is but it's got to a point where i'm listening to that so much and people are like people are shitting on people for not liking the album and now am i am i trying to force myself into like the album or is it more organic or maybe i just organically don't like it because as i said before i like more straightforward music and i like more punk rock kind of things where it's like over and done in a heartbeat and i was writing the notes for this um night before last excuse me and i was getting genuinely frustrated and genuinely angry the fact that i can't fathom where i am with this album because of everything else that's happening around around the album and i plan to keep fear and Auckland in rotation for a couple weeks longer because i feel like it's going to be a very slow burner i don't know if it's going to be like I'm going to get it by the end of the year and it might be in like end of year lists or if it's going to be a year from now I'm going to be like oh shit that is a fucking incredible album let's go back and do the all of Tool what I am going to do that I'm not going to do the digital version I'm going to go to the CD version which one of the reviews I read kind of was saying that it flows a lot better without those instrumental tracks so it gets rid of Mockingbeat Legion Inoculant and Litany Contre Lapier Gets rid of that, so it's just five songs that are all over ten minutes. Then you've got the Chocolate Chip Trip, and then you've got Tempest. Apparently that flows quite a lot better than the digital version. I'm going to give that a go, see what I'm like with that. And then hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, I'll be able to just put a little thing in there to say, like, hey, Tool, I get it, or I still don't get it. Who knows? Um, I feel like everyone who would have listened to Tool has listened to it by now, but... If you're like me and you've never gone on the tour before, I'd even say Fear Inoculum is going to be diff- uh, difficult. 
Um, I would not say it's the best place. I don't know the tall back catalogue at all, but I still wouldn't say Fear Inoculum is the best place. I do plan to start going back and then start from album one, which was, was it Lateralis? No, Undertow. I do want to start Undertow and just go all the way through Undertow and Ema, Lateralis, 10,000 Days, and then back to Fear Inoculum to see, to get what everyone else has got. Um, I've just realised they've got a song called Hooker with a Penis. That's a weird name for a song. Um, but yeah, if you're unfamiliar at all, it's up to you whether you want to give it a go or not. I'd still say maybe start from the beginning and work your way forward. But if you want to get in it before end of your list, also very much understand that. There must, there must be something there. It's just um, knocked, well, it beat Taylor Swift in the number one spot. She is arguably one of the biggest pop stars in the world right now. And some weirdest shit prog band from L.A. beat her. Not physically, that would be awful. But there must be something there. So, yeah. Keeping it in rotation. Trying to get my head around it. And I'm going to stick to the CD version, which apparently does quite a lot better. But that is Tool. Well, that was Fear Inoculum by Tool. It's album number five from the fucking weirdos from L.A. And that will be the lot for this week next week i won't be here i'm going on holiday how lovely at least this time i'm remembering to tell people i won't be here and um, the week after i plan to catch up on a few things that i've missed out on because i've been trying to listen to fear and oculum we're gonna have hawkeyes definitely gonna have hawkeyes and in the mix somewhere hopefully have either all of them or at least a big bulk of Ethixion, which is a melodic death metal band gold bloom um ep for a uh, pop punk Virginity, which is an emo band, and Paladin, which is power metal, and I'll probably try and sneak in um, tiny moving parts in there as well. So, a couple of weeks' time, probably going to have a lot. I hope so. I really want to catch up with music. I'm getting so far behind. I keep adding more stuff to my list of things to listen to. Um, and I think it was last week I broke 100 releases. Not 100 albums. I think I'm at like 88 albums and like 13 EPs now, so... We'll see what gets album number 100 for the year. But that's all to come in two weeks' time. Because holiday. I'm going to Centre Parks. How lovely. Um, but until such time, if you're like me and you're listening to Tool for the first time, let me know how you think about it. Because I'm genuinely intrigued to find out how other people who've never listened to Tool are finally getting into it for the first time with Fear of Oculum are finding it. Um, and if I'm just completely in the wrong. But let me know what you think of the other bands. We had Sleep Talk, we had Mind and Love, we had Tool. There's loads of new music out at the moment for Fallout Boy, Don Broker, Weezer, Green Day, Cattle Decapitation, and Tiny Moving Parts. Dab for Tiny Moving Parts. And as for everything else, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Ta-ra!